0: This is Todd from the Junkyard Outreach. Welcome, and thanks for joining me. For more information and episodes, check out junkyardoutreach.com. Judges, chapter 6, verse 25. That night the Lord said to him, Take your father's bull and the second bull, seven years old, and pull down the altar of Baal that your father has, and cut down the Asherah that is beside it, and build an altar to the Lord your God on the top of the stronghold here, with stones laid in due order. Then take the second bull and offer it as a burnt offering with the wood of the Asherah that you shall cut down. So Gideon took ten men of his servants and did as the Lord had told him. But because he was too afraid of his family and the men of the town to do it by day, he did it by night. When the men of the town rose early in the morning, behold, the altar of Baal was broken down and the Asherah beside it was cut down." And the second bowl was offered on the altar that had been built. And they said to one another, Who has done this thing? And after they searched and inquired, they said, Gideon, the son of Joash, has done this thing. Then the men of the town said to Joash, Bring out your son, that he may die, for he has broken down the altar of Baal and cut down the Asherah beside it. And when Moses delivered Israel from Egypt, his task was not only to lead them to the promised land, but also to teach them about the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob that the nation had heard of, but they really didn't know. God gave Moses the law to govern Israel, who had been set free from bondage after years in captivity. And the capstone of the law was the Ten Commandments. And the first two commandments, sir, you shall have no other gods before me. And you shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. So in the law of Moses, God had commanded Israel, do not serve these other gods because they're going to draw your heart away from me. And they're going to get you into all kinds of trouble. And that's exactly what they did. When Moses died, God commanded Joshua to assume leadership that was held by Moses, which he did, and Joshua led Israel into the promised land faithfully obeying God. He modeled that. If you follow God and you do what he says, God will bring you to that place he promised. After Joshua died, those of his generations, they were also faithful to God and saw his mighty hand protect them from their enemies as well as help them drive their enemies out, although they did not drive all of them out. And when that generation died, the new generation came about. And they did not know God, but they did know of him. And they violated the law on many levels, including serving other gods, just like God had told them, don't do these things. That's exactly what they did. They served the gods of the inhabitants of the land, whom they were supposed to have driven out, but they didn't. And their gods led them astray, just like God had warned. Also written in the law were many promises to Israel that if they turn their backs on God, God's going to punish them and he's going to use a lot of different things to do that. One of them is he's going to raise up enemies that would come in and trash them and rule over them. And that's exactly what happened in Gideon's day. He would also hold back rains in their seasons to prevent the crops from flourishing. He would also send wild beasts to destroy their livestock, etc. Read Leviticus chapter 26. There's some good principles there. You obey God, he'll take care of you. You thumb your nose at him, he's like, all right, game on, and you're going to lose. And all these things were proclaimed in advance, and they happened just as God had described. And now, at the time of Gideon, Israel was miserable. And God heard their cry, and he had pity on them. And so he raised up leaders who would rescue Israel from their enemies. And these are called judges. And that's what the book of Judges is all about. They're not judges like we think of, they're rulers. The book is a series of cycles where God would bless his people, they'd turn away from him. The nation fell apart. They cried out for help. A judge was raised up and the nation was delivered and they went back to obeying God and then things were good and they went right back into disobedience. And so Gideon, he's one of these guys. He's a judge. And he himself declared himself to be pretty insignificant in his own mind. But God raised him up and he used him mightily to deliver Israel from their misery. He used Gideon, who was nothing in Gideon's eyes. And God raises up people who are nothing in their own eyes because they can't give glory to themselves. They have to give glory to God, because otherwise, without God's help, they know they can't do it. And so with Gideon, it all started with a total act of defiance against his own community. They had begun to worship Baal and Asherah. Those are the gods of the people of the land that they were supposed to have driven out. And they even went so far as to erect altars and statues to the gods. And God tells Gideon, tear them down, put up a appropriate altar to me, and offer a blood sacrifice, which Gideon does. The result? The community wants to kill Gideon. These are Jews. These are the people of God. They want to kill him. And not only do they abandon God and chase after these pagan gods, but they also want to kill the man who God sent to straighten them out. And this would start a long history of Israel turning her back on God and following other gods. And when God would send a prophet their way, they'd persecute or kill them. That's a large portion of the Old Testament. In the book of Acts, chapter 7, Stephen, nearly 1,500 years later, he makes mention of this as he himself would proclaim the glory of God and be killed by the Israelites for standing up for God. And he says in Acts seven fifty one, after a long history lesson, you stiff-necked people, uncircumcised in hearts and ears, you always resist the Holy Spirit, as your fathers did, so do you. Which of the prophets did your fathers not persecute? And they killed those who announced beforehand the coming of the righteous one. That would be all the prophets that declared Messiah's coming. And Messiah did come. Continuing, he says, whom you have now betrayed and murdered. Talking about Jesus. You who received the law as delivered by angels and did not keep it. And that got him killed. But he puts them in their place and says, you guys are a bunch of morons. God's going to bless you. And what do you do? You go out and you screw everything up. And the sad thing about this is that in the church we have the same thing. It may not be outright persecution where we're out killing people, but those believers who have the heart of Gideon to obey God and to be used for his glory, man, they're confronted with the reality that other quote unquote Christians, they oppose everything the church stands for and they're very outspoken against the truths of God and supporting not the light but the darkness in their lifestyle. The things that they do are totally contrary to the Word of God. These are people who say they're Christians. And it reveals yet again the sinful nature of man and our willingness to serve the flesh instead of the Spirit. And that reality, that war rages on and we want to gravitate towards our flesh. And that's what the gospel is all about. It's about the power of God in us to empower us to overcome the flesh by that power the Spirit provides. And that way we can walk in newness of life and we can have a life that pleases God rather than trying to please myself all the time. And there are those in the professing church that will willfully bow their knee to darkness instead of light. And if and when they're confronted, they will also have the same attitude as Gideon's community. Repent? No. Kill (laughs) them. We don't interpret Scripture that way. We don't think that the Bible is truly inspired. We believe in love, and the list is endless. Basically, what they're saying is, we don't want to serve God, we don't want to obey Him, but we want all the blessings that He provides. And that is really a lousy thing. We don't want to do that. We don't want to walk on both sides of the fence. Because the thing that we have to remember as believers is that we are accountable for what we know. And even if we don't know everything, which none of us do... The reality of God's truth is self-evident, and the Bible says that we are without excuse. So, in the day of judgment, where we are face-to-face with God, and our lives are being examined by the Lord, we're going to understand that all those excuses that we made to follow the flesh instead of the Spirit were actually deception. The Spirit was right. All those things that we prayed for that we wanted that God didn't give us, that we got mad, then we're going to understand, it's a good thing I didn't get those. And for those that follow the Lord, for those children of God, we know that now. We know that God answers prayers in a couple of different ways. Yes, or no, or wait. It's not that he doesn't answer my prayers. If I pray for something and I don't get it, then God answered my prayers. The answer is no. It's kind of like your kid when he wants something. Dad, can I have this? And you look at it, you're like, whatever. No way. You know, man, you never give me anything. You know, it's that kind of attitude. No, I've given you what you need. And I've given you a lot of things that you want, but I'm not giving you that because that is not good. That's going to hurt you. And then as they get older, they realize, yeah, you know, if I would have got that, then that probably wouldn't have been a good thing. We're the same way. We're exactly the same way as kids. That's why we're called children of God. So if you are in a situation where your life is a mess, like Israel was at the time of Gideon, ask yourself, am I bowing my knee to darkness or am I bowing my knee to light? And if you're bowing your knee to darkness, in other words, you're bringing all kinds of darkness in your house. Go look at your house. Look at your bedroom. Look in your cabinets. Look all over the place. In the things that I have in my house, what does it say about my faith in God? Is there things in your house that are wicked? Get rid of them. Are there things in your house that you have been wanting to get rid of, but you're like, uh, maybe not right now, maybe later? Get rid of them and bow your knee to the light like Gideon did. And this involves action. You got to tear down those things that are offensive to God. You got to be strong. You got to be courageous when you're facing those promoting darkness as you live for Jesus don't be afraid. Serve the Lord, trust Him, and you'll be blessed. Thank you.